At Murdoch University in Perth, as we've reported recently, there's the Harry Butler Institute. That's where Rachel Standish has been examining what's called natural capital. Can you really assess the cost of replacing a forest or a river of those busy birds and bees? Or just protect the natural world by keeping people out? Rachel Standish. Biodiversity conservation in the old days, Robin, was very much about locking it up, keeping people out. And we've morphed over time to acknowledge the value of allowing people in because we are the stewards of nature and we're the best ones to protect it. And by allowing connections, people are more likely to value nature. Now, imagine you're in Scotland. I say Scotland because I was there just about a year ago with a friend called Jeremy Leggett on the banks of Loch Ness. And he was rewilding the area. And of course, many of the people there were farming. And they were saying, what we do is valuable. And he would say, but there's a cost. And of course, that sort of dialogue is going on all over the world. So how do you deal with that? What sort of things are you finding in that kind of discussion? Yeah, that's interesting. I think for a long time we've avoided putting a dollar value on nature because of the philosophical argument that we shouldn't do that. Nature has an inherent value and we should protect and restore it for that reason alone. But it hasn't worked. We need new approaches. And I think by incorporating the value of nature in our financial systems, we have a potential to actually track and monitor the extent, the condition, the value of nature, and then look after it better than we have done. Yes, there are all sorts of paradoxes, though. And when you've got the reintroduction of wolves, say, in the Yellowstone Park, and they're attacking some of the herbivores, you know, the elks and mooses or whatever they've got there, the deer in Scotland. That's one consideration. And people then realise that what happens is that you re-establish the native plants because they don't get eaten the minute they pop up because the wolves have taken away the elks and so on. In other words, how do you put one thing against the other? Is that what you're doing as part of your research? It's incredibly complex. It's funny you should mention Yellowstone. I'd visited there recently and it has always been on my bucket list of things to do. Of course, as an ecologist, it's held up as this panacea of conservation. And I assumed that because Yellowstone is so huge, so big, that it would manage itself by sheer fact that it's so large. But it's incredibly complicated. There are invasive trout that need removal. There are huge animals whose migratory paths go outside the bounds of the national park. So there's still the need to manage those. And of course, then there's overlaid with that people's value systems. As you say, like people value different things. They might value the plants above the wolves or vice versa. So yeah, it's complicated. It's not a panacea, but what natural capital accounting does is focus on the condition of ecosystems. And we can argue about different ways to measure it, but if we all agree, What we're chasing is that ecosystem condition, and that's one ways forward. How are you sorting that out in terms of your research in ways that can then be picked up by people wanting to apply it? Yeah, good question. So the United Nations has suggested we adopt a system of environmental and economic accounting. Australia has agreed to that, and what's underway at the moment is really getting the detail right. So how do you score ecosystem and condition? So oftentimes there'll be data on how many plants are in a 
community or sometimes there might be data on soils, less often animals. So what happens when we include a subset of that? What happens when we use different types, understanding how the detail is going to work for people interested? Well, you know that there's a plan 30 by 30, which in other words suggests by 2030 we will have 30% of the surface of the earth preserved, in other words, let alone. And we have a program that's going to be on at Easter, Science Show, which shows how you can measure what's in nature in all sorts of different ways, not just having quadrants where you have lots of people like yourself who measure things, looking around and making notes of all the dandelions and all the oak trees and all the possums and so on, but different things where you can have the sound analysed and then the DNA in the water analysed mm-hmm. and you end up with a mega picture of what's really there on Earth mm-hmm. and you can measure success or not. More like a 3D <laughs> visual of nature. Yeah, for sure. We tend to, as scientists, rely a lot on what we see with our eyes but, of course, it's what we smell, what we hear when we go into the bush and look for that nature experience. So. Yeah, that'll be a really interesting project. Is there an actual real argument going on, especially in Western Australia, about making decisions according to those values that you mentioned? I think a few things are lining up. There's certainly appetite in industry. The government mentioned biodiversity co-benefits for carbon projects, so that was a signal that biodiversity could be worth something to farmers in coming years and and perhaps we'd see a wider adoption of biodiversity as a industry standard. If an industry wants to say that it's truly sustainable, then what are they doing about carbon? What are they doing about biodiversity? If they had scientists like you or other scientists on staff, they could answer that question more effectively, could they not? Yeah, quite possibly. In the meantime, we're happy to work alongside them. (laughs) Associate Professor Rachel Standish at Murdoch University. So there's the challenge, a global one information about which species are where and in what number and how rapidly they're being lost. And I see in the new scientist that rivers and lakes in the UK are shown to save their health service £870 million or £1.6 billion Australian dollars per year.